0: Can't leak it, exactly what you want We came here to say that You don't really want it with us yeah, yeah. Sports show Came here to say that You don't really want it with us yeah, yeah. Sports show Came here to say that You don't really want it with us yeah. What's you know? yeah. well, so going on ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to another episode of the year of sports show I am your host Big Baby AKA the soul of r b and um, we had a little bit of audio issues at the beginning of the episode, I'm not going to lie to you, but um, we still got through it. So here is the Year of Sports Show, episode 36 in its entirety. Please enjoy.
1: No, we're doing this live. We'll jump right into it again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to... The year sports show quick Hit, sponsored by, well, again, we still have no one. We're working on that. (laughs) Uh, Starting in the NFL, Antonio Brown, the big news, Antonio Brown signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or should we say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, scheduled to make his season debut in week nine due to still serving an eight-game suspension by the NFL due to violations of the personal conduct policy last year. Uh, speaking of last year, if you remember, Antonio Brown, after being traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the, at the time, Oakland Raiders, never played for the Raiders uh, for a variety of reasons, was released before their week one game, immediately signed with the New England Patriots, where in his one and only game with the Patriots last year, four catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Antonio Brown has had a great relationship with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady, uh Petition for him to be brought to uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so now the Buccaneers with um Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, probably the most destructive and offensively minded receiving core in the NFL. Not to mention they still have Rob Gunkowski. So this may be Super Bowl or bust for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of Of the Raiders, the Raiders are under investigation by the NFL for four violations of the COVID-19 policy in place there. Uh, Earlier this week, their entire offensive line was placed on the COVID uh, injury list. Um, So we may be seeing the Raiders go into their week seven game without their starting offensive line. Wow. Last night was game three of the World Series, and the Dodgers won 6-2 to two to take a 2-1 series lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. We talk about the Tampa Rays in the World Series, Tampa Bay Bucks trying to make a Super Bowl run. Big deal here for Tampa Bay, Florida. Walker Bueller, the starting pitcher last night, six innings, ten strikeouts, cementing his legacy as a very good young postseason pitcher. and This, this kid has a lot of career in front of him. Game four is tonight. Dodgers looking to take a 3-1 lead. Rays hoping to tie it up, but in a bit of a bright spot for the Tampa Bay Rays, rookie hitter Randy Azarena last night uh took over the lead for most total bases in a playoff series a record recently held uh, previously held by david freeze of the st louis cardinals uh he has 52 so far and again we have at least a minimum of two more if the dodgers win games uh, four and five and, and and win this world series four one there's still two more games so randy's has a chance to extend that lead on that most bases in a playoffs he also uh was hit last night uh, broke Derek Jeter's rookie record for most hits in a postseason uh, wow. series. A uh, postseason season, I should say. Uh, he now has 23. Derek Jeter had 22. Uh, Derek Jeter, in his rookie season, only played 15 games in the postseason, though due to the uh, new structure this year of the MLB playoffs. So far, Randy has played in 17 games. He's also tied Barry Bonds, Carlos Beltran, and Nelson Cruz with the most home runs in a postseason with eight. He hit his eighth home run last night. So again, two more games minimum if this only goes to five games, he could break that record uh, and be the first rookie to hold that record. He'd also break Pablo Sandoval's overall amount of hits in a postseason record. Pablo Sandoval holds that record for twenty with 26. And again, Randy is at 23. Moving to the NBA, big coaching hire for the New Orleans Pelicans, hiring Stan Van Gundy, head coach of the 2009 Magic, who went to the NBA Finals. Remember the Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, Orlando that. Magic went all the way to the NBA Finals. Stan Van Gundy's also coached the Miami Heat and also coached the Detroit Pistons. Uh, most recently, the team president and coach. Of the Pistons, uh, yeah, and now with a really good team, yeah. And now yeah. the head coach of the Pelicans, a young Pelicans team. And uh, the owner of the Pelicans uh said that one of the reasons why he wanted to hire Stan Van Gunny was due to his nature, his known nature as a teacher in the NBA, and the amount of young players that Need New Orleans has. Have. Uh, just in case anyone doesn't remember, uh, Stan Van Gundy has a 58% winning percentage. Oh,
2: wow, That's in the NBA.
1: 58% of his games he's won, and he's also won 48 total playoff games. He actually has a uh, has won more playoff games than he's lost in, in the NBA. So really big deal there. Let's see if Zion Williamson can take it to another level yeah, that's right. with Stan Van Gundy. Uh, another thing coming out of the NBA earlier this week, the NBA Board of Governors surprised everyone with a an idea for a 72-game season. For the upcoming season that would start on christmas day wow that's quick would start on christmas day would have a play-in tournament for the playoffs have no all-star game no all-star weekend but instead would have a two-week break in the middle of the season for players to just rest um okay that's corny because most of the teams didn't even make it to the bubble right
0: i think the play-in tournament or the, uh, the tournament that they've been speaking about so much the past few years should be for those teams that's at the bottom <laughs> like just a regular tournament just play for money
1: well you know what's interesting is the NBA is the one league uh, outside of the uh the big 3 not counting the NHL uh but the NBA is the one league in the big 3 that does not have a buy system right they do not have a buy system in the first round the number one teams play in the first round of the playoffs, so maybe what the NBA could probably do is an expanded playoffs, especially when we think about in recent years with the with the Western Conference in the NFL, how deep that West goes, where sometimes the ninth and tenth team are good enough to be playoff teams.
2: That's
1: true. Uh, maybe they can do an expanded playoffs. It, it keeps a lot more teams in the hunt for the playoffs as the season goes by, which Makes could eliminate some tanking. Possibly, yeah. we talk about tanking in the NBA all the time um you know give give some markets a little bit more uh, enthusiasm and give maybe your first and second seed or the overall best record in each conference a buy in the first round right. and that way you kind of you you kind of have a play in tournament because you're adding an extra team or True. two but you're not really adding games like for a playoff tournament yeah um and then again we we always talk about you know the 8 and 1 you know imagine if a play in team gets hot and makes a run like a Portland did this year
0: Or like the Suns could have did, possibly. They went eight and oh in the bubble. Right.
1: Or you look at a team that maybe would maybe in a 72 game season, a team that gets, you know, hampered by injuries, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're still they 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 drop. Maybe they could have been the third team in the west or the third team in the east, and they drop to like ninth or tenth, but they still make it in because of the expanded playoffs. And all of their guys come back healthy now for the playoffs (laughs) and they make a run. You know, we talk about a lot of teams sometimes who don't get the runs that they should have because of injuries and all that other stuff. This could change that. Two other stories coming out of the NBA this week. The NBA draft is on November 18th. Uh, The NBA announced it would be a virtual draft, but an even bigger story surrounding the draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who hold the number one pick in the NBA draft, still do not have a definitive choice for who they're going to pick number one. They they have said, have repeatedly said in statements, they do not yet see a clear cut number one in this draft, hmm. and the draft's on November eighteenth. That's less than a month away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last story: rumors are circulating in on NBA Twitter that Amari Stoudemire. Will be joining the coaching staff of the New Jersey Nets. Remember the New Jersey Nets? Oh, sorry, New Jersey Brooklyn Nets. I apologize. I'm I'm such an old school Nets fan, uh, you can tell. Uh, Joining the coaching staff of the Brooklyn Nets, and if you remember, Steve Nash was hired as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets earlier this year. So maybe we have a, a Phoenix redo in in Brooklyn. So hopefully no one
2: on the team punches a fire extinguisher holder and cuts their hands and can't play.
0: Right, in 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 the very important playoff games. We would hope that nobody does that.
1: Yeah, hint, hint. I I will say (laughs) true Uh, silver lining to this, though, I do think uh, if he stays with the Brooklyn Nets, obviously, Jared Allen Allen could really grow from learning from somebody like Amari. Uh, I agree. I
0: agree. I
1: agree. Um, Last story out of the NBA. Oh, no, that was the last story out of the NBA. I apologize. The NBA didn't really get too much, uh, but four stories out of there. Um, Big, big, big fight news, right? Khabib versus Gaethje for the undisputed light heavyweight championship tonight on Fight Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will also be a middleweight number one contendership bout on that same card. Other news out of the UFC and sad news out of the UFC actually – Anderson Silva has announced that definitively, regardless of anything, October 31st, the Halloween event for UFC will be his final fight in the UFC. Anderson Silva, the one of the longest reigning middleweight champions, was 34-10-1 in his career in the UFC with mm-hmm. 23 knockouts. Um, when Anderson Silva was on his game, you did not want to miss a fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And oh, he's, yeah. He, he's facing my guy, Uriah Hall. Uh, that should be a good fight. Um, at one point in time, Rai Hall was a number ten fighter.
2: So, who do you guys work. have tonight? You have uh, Khabib, or Gady? I have Khabib. Yeah, I, I
1: listen. I have just have to ask. K- k- <laughs> <laughs> when I cannot pronounce your last name, that's a problem, right? Okay. I, and I don't the, the man. I just call him Khabib. When you have one name as a fighter, you know. Um, and when we talk about this this fighting list that you got later on, mm-hmm. when you have one name as a fighter, like you deserve to be like just a dangerous, dangerous person. Yes. Um, And last but not least, and a little bit of uh, pro wrestling news, because we will get into SmackDown a little bit later, um, a little bit of pro wrestling news. Uh, The NWA still operating, even in the middle of a pandemic, though not under the NWA banner, operating um, under, uh, and I I don't want to butcher their names. Uh, Give me one second while I please pull up um, exactly the name that they are uh, really... That part is not important. Let's let, get to the part about Who <laughs> Sorry, won the title The, team the <laughs> United Wrestling Network, I <laughs> apologize uh, The NWA doing business with the United Wrestling Network And uh This past week, we saw an NWA Television Championship match uh, where Zicky Dice put the uh, television title up against the Pope, Elijah Burke. And Elijah Burke wins the championship and becomes the new NWA Television Champion. He is now the third holder of the title since its re-debut in 2019. Um it was formerly the NWA national television championship was retired in 1985. Uh, we obviously know of the WCW television championship, which kind of was born out of the spirit yeah. of the NWA television championship. Um, but, uh, the Pope becomes the seventh African American television champion in NWA company history. Though I would, I would beg, cause I didn't do too much, uh, looking into this, uh, due to being stuck in traffic and things. Um, I'd like to see if that number increases because I I don't remember off the top of my head if there were many uh, African-American television champions in WCW.
0: Outside of Booker?
1: Yeah, outside of Booker T. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. No, I... No Booker, and that's about it. Actually, no, it was only Booker.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so if if we count the WCW Television Championship for posterity's sake, Eight. the the eighth uh, African American uh, man to win the Television Championship. Um, yeah, I, I do want to say the United uh, United Wrestling Network. You know, doing some great well, things. He
2: wasn't the only one. There was um, someone back in the seventies, Rufus Jones, mm-hmm. who won it a few times. There was
0: Paul Jones are oh, you talking about the nwa yeah yeah um ernie Ladd. um yeah we have a few yeah yeah but definitely um it, it was definitely But when
1: we transitioned over so obviously after 1985 when the nwa championship was uh retired and we and we kind of got the wcw television championship i think booker t might have been the only one yes um so congratulations to, and here's Thank the Stevie thing Ray. oh, oh and stevie i forget about yeah, Stevie. <laughs> right.
2: dot don't
1: say that out loud he hit you with a slapjack bro
2: and then you know i growing up i thought johnny b bad was black <laughs> <laughs> and no i swear on everything and i think i could have sworn there was a storyline when he said as an african-american male Yo! <laughs> i could have sworn that so when i saw johnny b bad i laughed a little bit become like i thought he was black i mean
1: i mean he was definitely portrayed Oh, definitely as, 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 as Little Richard, right? You know, I would never get over the fact he that he did. It was the hair. Can I just say though about Little Richard? I hate, I hate to have to say this. I went so many years not, not actually understanding that Little Richard was a real person. I knew that he was a musical person, and I knew that he was a musician, but tell me I'm wrong. But he was always presented as like this, this kind of being that was like, are you sure you're real? Like. He okay. was real, but then it was just like, wait, look, wait. Rest in peace. Yes. yes. He died this peace. year. He yes. did. Oh, man. said 2020 has been the worst. We we know this. <laughs> I posted on my Instagram uh, story yesterday. that I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ivan Ooze egg comes out later on this yeah, month. It'll be game we, time, with, <laughs> since we don't have no power in this year. So. Right, and we're only in October. We still have two, two and months. a half months, people. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's realize this year ain't over yet. No. and this becomes the most stressful time of the year because we got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. or as I like to call Thanksgiving nowadays, pre-Christmas. Right, because yeah. people forget that Thanksgiving. Remember when we were growing up, Thanksgiving was its own holiday. It was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now Now, people just care about
2: Black Friday. Right.
1: Right. Christmas
0: trees up in November now. Already. Yeah. Yeah. When I was traveling to um, Atlanta, JetBlue has Christmas tree, uh, the big ass Christmas tree in the middle of the terminal. Which I'm like, okay. And there's a sign (laughs) that says, "Oh, you know, we just want to get you started early thinking about Christmas." Yeah.
2: All right. Thank you so much, Peter, for them quick hits. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you you very much.
0: thank Thank you. Let's run through these SmackDown results real quick. Seth Rollins defeated Murphy in a hell of a match. Um, I can see them fight again, again, and again, and again. Um, the Mysterio storyline seems like <laughs> it's not over, but that's another thing for another episode.
2: Yeah, y'all, y'all, but oh, it's not over. But Sasha and Bailey been doing this. Are they? Aren't they? <laughs> shit for like two you years. You know what my thing is? Right.
1: I wouldn't be mad about the Mysterio storyline still going on. If it didn't involve a 19-year-old girl in a pseudo-relationship with a 32-year-old man. I, I, tell me something, Dre. If we was in the streets,
0: I wanna, I wanna
1: Mysterio would be putting hands <laughs> on Buddy Murphy. Like, if, if, if you had a 32-year-old man all of a sudden creating some kind of entanglement situation with your 19-year-old daughter, there would be hands thrown. And 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 I think that's what I think turns me off to this story. It was just still Dominic and Ray and Seth. I could get it, right? And I could stomach it, even if it's. I feel like it's going a little beyond its expiration date. But the fact that Aaliyah got involved, the fact that it's a 19-year-old girl who's now all of a sudden in kind of a situation with with this 32-year-old grown man. It, it just, well, Trish Stratus and Vince.
2: But Trish was a grown ass woman, but still, but she was still, still young. yeah, yeah. Still. I don't even Trish, I don't even think she was 21, 20, I like 22, she, yeah. maybe 20. And Vince was like 50 something, yeah. right? Oh my yeah. god,
1: I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think anybody liked
2: that but I either, think, but I think that I get what you're saying. My mom said the same thing about what? the, she was like, but. He's like in his 30s and she's like really young. Right. Like, and she weird. still
1: looks like a child on TV. Like you look right. at her face, right? She looks right. and I get that she's 19, she's above the legal age. I get it. But when you look at but, how she's presented on TV, Buddy Murphy,
2: if you didn't know him, right. If you did, not if you were the age, yeah, you would say he was a, a guy in his early mid twenties, yeah. the latest. Yeah. But I get It
1: uh, it, it it just turns, turns me off saying. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was a hell of
0: a match. But it way. was, it was. Um, the Miz defeated Otis in court. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch that <laughs> segment, please do because we can sit here and dissect that whole thing for the whole show. Because that's how that's how I think that was good shit. The, right?
2: the
1: really that was, really good. That was a, good. That was good. That was good shit. Um, that was good. The, my my favorite part of that whole thing. Um, and a lot of my friends in one of my group chats were like, like, please turn it off, please. Mm-hmm. My, my 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 eyes are bleeding. Honestly, just. Asuka should be in everything. Yes. Yes. Asuka needs to be in everything. She is the most comedic person on that roster without even trying. Right. And then Teddy Long popping up. I love Teddy Long. It was was great. yeah, it was, to me, the supporting cast for that was great to have JBL as the uh, as the as the judge to have Ron Simmons as the bailiff. And by the way, the fact that Ron Simmons got to say more than just "damn," yes, was like okay. we got the "damn" in, but to say more than yeah, just "damn" was yeah. great.
0: It hasn't been like that in a long I, time, right? Yeah, and I have that APA shirt. I wore it to WrestleMania. Uh, I um, missed the APA. New Orleans. Bailey um, cut an in-ring promo. Sasha interrupted, got her to sign the contract. So it is I said that was gonna happen. Yes, you did. Um Tay's real good at predicting and seeing so stuff. <laughs> so a lot and, and this is like on like on sports and off sports stuff. So if you, you Tashredamus. Tayshrodamis,
1: <laughs> hit up. Um, um you know what's funny about this. Uh, if you watch the broadcast again, and for those of you who mm-hmm. may watch it back on a replay, Bailey could have bitten her hand. Yes. And not sign the contract. And so it's like, for me, something as small as that that I saw in the in like the, the, the show. And I was just like, mm, you could have gotten out of it. I think we all knew it was going to happen, yeah. like Tay said. I mean, um, because this match has to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Yeah, to, I didn't know, yeah. know that. Yeah, I thought that was going to. Yeah. You're like, she's not going to sign. No, no, no. Like, Listen, nonsense. I expected the match sign. to happen because the WWE is not going to promote a match for a pay-per-view that big and not deliver on the match unless something completely unexpected happens, right? Like, you know, like we saw in WrestleMania, you know, people couldn't do matches because of right. COVID, yeah, right? right? But the WWE is not going to promote a match to happen. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, so to me, we knew it was going to happen. I figured there'd be some they chicanery. Could have dragged it
2: on for, the thing is, they, it could have been dragged on to Sunday,
1: the pay-per-view. Yes. Correct, the thing. but we knew it was going to be signed. The right. match was going to happen. I'm interested to see what happens in, Hell in a Cell, um, because I'm interested to see if this storyline continues with Bailey as champion, or if the storyline continues with Sasha.
2: I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna have to continue with Sasha's champion. Yeah. They keep highlighting the fact that anytime I hear them highlighting someone's championship days, I know it's numbered. Right. Yeah.
0: They've been saying.
2: Three hundred and fifty-six, so yeah. whatever it was, but really has a, a
0: a year reign and a combined close to a thousand days, days as a champion. Cool, that's amazing. It's only yeah. a, one other woman who has more more days, and I believe that's Mula. Is it, either Mula? Yeah, I think it's Mula.
1: And I don't think anybody's ever beaten it's, that record.
0: It's, it's, Just, it's no, you had no. A Thirty he, year he reign, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Hell no. It's, no one's ever I, beating that. Never want to see that. Like somebody hold a belt for for a thousand years. But there's a difference, not you know. There's a difference though with that. Um, and, and I'm gonna move on quickly after I make this point. Remember, they didn't wrestle as much as these, you know, as much as the current generation wrestles. No, not at all. Right. So a uh, ten year reign. Didn't sound crazy. Just like if we look at New Japan and Okada, and Okada had almost seven hundred and twenty days as champion, right? it's that's because they don't wrestle as much,
2: right? Of course. So I can see it, but not in this era of wrestling. No, and it's been like that since I, I would say the nineties. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, and you even look at the smaller reigns, like the reign that you know, the reign that like Honky Tonk Man had with the Intercontinental Championship. I personally loved that whole years, like right? Santino storyline where it was like the, the Honkamita, right? I loved it, but I, you know, you, you, there are a lot of reigns that are just not like in terms of cumulative days that are not going to get broken. Um, but you do see some things happening over the course of title reigns where, um, like we see the new days is slowly approaching that, that, uh, Dudley boys record for most championships held mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So tomorrow's, uh,
2: what town out right? Tomorrow's yes, it is. is. Wow. Sell.
1: Ready. Uh, did you hear the, the match that was announced? Um, I didn't. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus T-Bar. What? Why? Yeah, the Fiend what? versus T-Bar. Um, pre-show probably Pre-sh- definitely. I-, I doubt they're putting if, the Fiend on the pre-show. If they put the Fiend yes. on the pre-show, I just might as well be
0: like, all right. Well, but I think the bigger this, question
1: that becomes that comes out of this is, um, what are we doing with Retribution after this? Because I don't see the Fiend losing that's, to Retribution, and then T-Bar just tapped out to Lashley. On Raw,
0: yeah. that's a question we're we're, we're gonna answer. We're, we're definitely gonna answer soon. soon. Um, Bianca Belair <laughs> defeated Zelina Vega. This was a very good showing um, of Bianca. Of oh, both women, actually, uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, I, definitely both women. I love Zelina. I've loved Zelina since she was um, Rosita.
1: Rosita Thea Trinidad.
0: Yeah. Rosita, yep. In uh, in um, TNA, yep. um,
1: I love. You know what I love about about uh, Zelina? I love her vocal selling in the ring. She always vocally makes you believe that she is in danger.
0: She's a she's a New York girl. Right? Yeah, like, she, like, is, she
1: is. She is completely like it too. On on. Like, oh yeah, she talks. Like I don't. Th- I think she is one of the best people on the stick in WWE, uh, male or female. Um, she can cut a great promo at any time. Um, I I was a little upset at first when I saw the matchup because like okay, so we just gonna run back Zelina and Bianca again. Like, but nobody else made sense
2: for last night,
1: right? Right. But Bianca had a great showing, and I like the Mitch, the Mr. Perfect esque kind of build Mm -hmm. they're giving to Bianca.
2: Yep, yep,
0: I agree. Um, Lawrence defeated Shorty G, who is now um, Chad Gable again. Thank God. Um, Sami Zayn confronted Daniel Bryan after Daniel
2: Bryan was uh talking about him on um the KO show. Let us kind of, I would say. Basque in the final days of Daniel Bryan's WWE yes, run. Yes, yes. yes, and he said, so "Please pay attention." Yeah. I didn't know he said that, but I yeah, he spoke that. about
1: it on Talking Smack. I, he um, well, I don't watch anything. Yeah, like that. He, yeah he spoke should. about it on Talking Smack. He said this will be his last full time run as a full time superstar. So he did kind of leave the door open to make maybe making some appearances, but he did say this was going to be his last full time run. And he was re- his biggest interest. Yeah, his biggest interest was fighting uh, as many top good names. As possible in this final run. Yes, and he's probably
2: going to take that Intercontinental Belt at some point. I yeah.
1: would, I would liked. The problem is, you know, and and I forget who's the um, the uh, the champion on SmackDown. Sami Zayn. No, 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 no. A uh, Roman. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I don't see him getting anywhere near Roman. Unfortunately, I would love, love, love to see Brian just sentimentally get one more run with a nope. top belt. No, thank you. In not, the contest, um, we'll, we'll but it.
2: this ain't 2014. No, no, but he
1: it will be just eating about but sentimentally, I'd love to see him get one last run with the top strap. And not to forget the um,
0: the fatal four way tag match, Daniel. No, I'm sorry, the eight man tag yes. match, Daniel Bryan and KO and the Street Profits versus Ziggler, Rude, Shinsuke, and Cesaro. Um, the, the faces won that match, and that was SmackDown. Basically,
1: so the, you know what's a better way of saying that eight-man tag? It's basically a match with all the tag teams on SmackDown.
0: Basically.
1: That's it. Basically. And, and the, well, the three tag teams on SmackDown and the one thrown together tag team of KO. Yeah, the, I have a feeling that KO is
2: going to um, be one of the next people to challenge Roman
0: on SmackDown. I can see it. But with his running with the fiend, we kind of got to see what the results of that yeah, will be because he hasn't so, changed yet. He hasn't changed. He's still he KO. Has, K-O he yeah,
2: but he might. Who's next for Roman? Yeah,
0: <sighs> that's a problem. They
2: they might. Um, it might be. It might be E. I don't think. I think ready. it's too soon for I don't e. think they are ready for that yet. KO is like right there. and He's a former Universal Champion.
1: I so, think, yeah. Um, you know what I would like to see, though I don't think we'll get it. And if we did get it, I don't think we'll get the match that I think we should get. Um, he went undrafted, and I know the a lot of people didn't really know it was a kind of like thrown-under story that he's, he elected to have a, a minor surgery. Andrade, mm-hmm. I think Andrade, especially what we saw, the Andrade that we saw in, in his NXT title run and things like that, Andrade and Roman would be a really good match.
2: I would rather see a few other people first. I want to see Andrade with the Intercontinental title as first. I want him with a lengthy reign with the Intercontinental yeah. title, too. Like, like uh,
0: kind of like a, a Rick Rude-ish type of reign. Not not like, you know, because Rick Rude was on and off with the title, but I'm talking about just... But keep...
2: Rick Rude was one of the names synonymous with the Intercontinental right. title back in, the, in
0: right. the 80s. And what I was thinking about before we move on, yo, know, you guys remember when Seth Rollins was the Intercontinental champion? In every pay-per-view that he was the champion they had probably the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would that's what I want to see from the Intercontinental title um coming up. I don't mind Sami Zayn cuz I know Sami Zayn is a, is a great wrestler. Yes. I'm just saying that in order to make that title mean something again, every pay-per-view has to be defended. You don't have a TV title, so maybe you defend it every other SmackDown. Um, if you're Daniel Bryan, you said you want to defend it. Every you know, time. I'm
2: never a fan of belts being def- defended during regular programming. I okay. never liked that stuff because I felt like those are, we need those for pay-per-view content. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of cheapens the legitimacy of a title. Like every week is being defended on regular TV. Maybe okay. it, you needed to give you a main. If you have the Intercontinental Championship match, as the main event of a smackdown mm-hmm. maybe once a month once every other month it then it means something that you something that you want to kind of tune in to see right. especially if yeah. it's a decent feud i haven't seen a really good feud mm.
1: for the title I have to agree with Tay. I mean, as much as I love the old TV championship and, and things like that, mm-hmm. there's not really a mid-card title built like that in the WWE. I'd love for there to be one, especially because of the deepness of the roster. You could see a lot of talent really get a lot of exposure yeah. with something like yeah. that. But I've always had this idea, I, and we all grew up in this time, right? I, you know, We grew up in a time when the Intercontinental title meant a lot. Yeah. Right? It was the second most important championship in the WWE. Uh, and we would see that the intercontinental championship would usually be a step up to the the world title. A lot of times, no. Well, sometimes, not. sometimes it would be like a lot
2: of times, no. It
1: would be that kind of like that, you know. Th- but you would see people at that intercontinental level champion that intercontinental championship level who were notable, yeah. who could have easily have been placed in a main in a main feud, who could have easily have been a champion. Yeah. Um, and and who could and then some of them were it was used as a as a rocket ship platform to put somebody there let them gain steam and then move them up the card um, and I'd like to see something like that happen because I'd like to see the Intercontinental not so much be a transition championship but to be a championship to say who's next
2: right but right. the thing is we we say that but it really wasn't true. Because in the 80s, the people who were the Intercontinental Champion stayed Intercontinental Champion, apart from the Ultimate Warrior, I feel, who had the chance to go from Intercontinental Champion to WWF Champion. And then in the 90s, you had a couple of people. You had, like, Shawn and and Yeah, You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, the people who were in the main event scene stayed in the main event scene. the people who were in the middle kind of stayed in the middle. I always saw the transition a little bit more when it was like Rock and Austin during that time. Rocky, Austin, Triple H. Then I kind of seen
1: it become more of a transitional bout. Well but I think I think that was also due there was a lot of main I think there was a lot of main event level talent back in like the 80s. And so you had main event guys. Oh Hulk Hogan. Right no 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 Hogan was the star but what he I'm was saying the is everything. What they're I'm talking about macho. is when you had you had guys um who were main event level talent, but weren't going to break that main event uh, ceiling. So they kind of kept them as like the gatekeepers in the, in the intercontinental right, title it area. Wasn't a
2: transitional belt. Right. right.
1: But you could, what I'm, well, I think what I me- meant to say was you could have taken anybody who was an intercontinental champion, just about anybody who was an intercontinental champion and make a legitimate case that they could have easily have been in a good world title program, or for some of them, a world champion. Not at all. Not in
2: the 80s. It was all Hogan all the time. I think and if it wasn't Hogan, that's why they didn't keep the belt on Macho that long. Because everyone thought that it was going to be the Macho man's time, and that's why they had to rush Hogan to kind of come back into that 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 scene because the 80s Hogan had wrestling on lock in the
1: 80s. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Even in the early 90s. Mhm. And then in the mid 90s in WCW. Oh man. Yes. That saved wrestling. Yeah, it yes. did. It did. I agree with that all the, all the time. I'm uh like Just to
0: try to transition, we think about um, Hogan even in like when he transferred and became like a heel in NWO. Hogan, like I said, personally I can care less for Hogan in terms of wrestling. He's he's, money. He He's money and he saved professional. Professional twice.
1: Yep.
2: Twice. Twice. He's the Jordan. He has, to the WWE. he has to be. He has
0: to. He's a pro wrestling, of, 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 not just pro wrestling in general. Yeah, he's
1: a. And drug then I think what's great, what's what's so interesting about the Hogan story when people talk about it is, if all you ever know is WWF and WCW Hogan and you don't know about the things that he did do in like Japan and stuff like that, like when you know about like the well-roundedness of Hogan as a professional wrestler, it like opens up the Hogan book. But I, Tay said it best. You said it best. The guy, undisputedly. I don't think there was any guy outside of now in this era, Austin and The Rock and stuff like that, who are more money when you say Hogan versus Boom. That's it. It's box office. Yeah, I agree.
0: But as we talk about the Jordan of um, a professional wrestling, let's talk about just um, Jordan. Jordan in general. (laughs) So Isaiah Thomas said that Michael Jordan would be a total loser without Scottie Pippen. We've heard this before from Zeke, but it came up again. Tay, um, is this a little bit of hateration,
2: or is this true? I wouldn't say total loser. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Jordan would not have had the the career with the championships Mm -hmm. that he had without Pippen. I believe that Jordan is an excellent player. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But without Pippen and without the, I would say, the easy paths to the finals, he would not have been as decorated as he is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're not getting that championship without a Steve Kerr last minute three. You know, you're not getting it without Pippin kind of being that two man or being the man for the night. Mm-hmm. And how I kind of feel uh, how I kind of agree with um Isaiah Thomas who is severely underrated because he has to play the vic the, the villain to Jordan's hero. Um what I do feel is that look at what Pippen and company were able to do when Jordan retired for that year and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were still like top one or two teams in the East. You know, they still had a fifty-four twenty three type of um record in the ninety-three-ninety four, only to be kind of bested by the Knicks who were kinda on a hot streak that year because that, that could have been their kinda, year, man. That was supposed to be their year. But um I agree. I agree. Not a, not a, total, not loser, a total loser. Bro. But a loser. Total loser. Yeah, uh, Pete, your thoughts. Yeah, I know how I feel about Jordan. I, yeah.
0: I know, I know. That's why actually, I actually, actually, I, I really wanted to. Hear but I, I gave,
2: I gave a
1: no, very. I actually think, I actually think that is the best and most <laughs> leveled Jordan because uh, Tate can get very up there. Like you know, we told Matt that Kyrie's a bum, and then Matt just goes Matt's off the handle. Right? Table right? Shit, like, Tate like, can do that, but Tate does it in such this like great, even keeled way, where it's just like, okay, I'm scared now, but you make a point, but I don't want you. Anyway, no. Um, Elegant, like here's bunch. the thing, though. <laughs> it's Zeke's not wrong, but I'm not going to say that Zeke is saying something we haven't. We've heard this from Jordan himself. Jordan said in multiple interviews. He said it in the Last Dance. He said it at his Hall of Fame speech. He, he said kinda, straight he kinda, out. The Last Dance kind of made Scottie Pippen look like. Oh the no, company. the Last Dance made him look like trash. But Jordan <laughs> <Yeah>. has Jordan <laughs> said it. Jordan said Sorry. as mo- Jordan said it multiple times, and Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, there is no Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. There isn't. We all know this. Scottie Pippen is one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, along with Michael Jordan being on that list. Isaiah Thomas is on that list as well. But we can make the same case about Isaiah that he wants to make about MJ. Isaiah Thomas would not be Isaiah Thomas without Joe Dumas. He wouldn't.
2: But that's why that's why we always stress right. the importance of, of it being a team game. Right. But – Isaiah wasn't meant to be the next coming of Jesus. No, he wasn't. But, was. but he,
1: but the the legacy that they have, the legacy of Isaiah Thomas as a point guard, and what he is, is a player in the NBA history and fabric, would not be what it was. The same way Stockton wouldn't have been the same without Malone, and Malone wouldn't have been the same without Stockton. Tay, Tay, and I were talking about this in the group chat uh, uh, earlier this week, I believe. This idea of like it really was a two a two person game. Yeah, right for 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 a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Jordan would not be the same without Pippen, but I do. I think Jordan would have six titles without Pippen. No, maybe would have won one, maybe two. Um, I don't think Horace Grant was a uh, uh, the level of Pippen to take Pippen's place. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not hateration. But the, uh, again, Zeke and MJ, both of y'all, stop talking about each other. Just stop it. True. Stop. True. Y'all, how old now? Y'all gonna hold on to this for
2: the rest Forever. of y'all lives?
0: Forever. Forever.
2: Yeah, well, let me tell you, the fact that when Jordan came out and said that the way that the Pistons acted after that playoff series was unprofessional, it kind of snowballed in the wrong direction for Isaiah Thomas from that. That type of reputation damage, you can never escape from. So I'm going to beef with you forever.
1: But you, You brought it up, too. We've talked about this, and anybody who knows basketball history knows about this. The Celtics did the same thing to the Pistons. Yeah, but but the, it, the difference it, was Larry Bird, you know, Larry Bird and the company old. were white,
2: the great white. Right, Hulk, no, I get that. Like- but the
1: Celtic, the Celtics did it, the Celtics did it to the Pistons. There was this era of arrogance, and it always was in the NBA back 100%. then. The, 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 they were the unbeatable Celtics. And you beat us, yeah, we may respect you, but we ain't gonna like you on the court, right? Yeah. Magic, magic and bird. Magic and bird were the biggest rivals on the court. That we saw in a long time, they're some of the best friends, right? Get over it, people. There would not be Isaiah without MJ. MJ's legacy was helped was built by the by the legacy that Isaiah built, right? The Pistons were made better by by having to face the Bulls. The Bulls were made better by having to face the Pistons. Everybody helps everybody. You could be mad. You could be whatever. You don't gotta like the guy, but come on. Let's let's be let's just be real here. Y'all I wasn't both, shaking
2: their hands. Up. No, I wasn't shaking their hands after that.
1: You are both Hall of Fame level players. Okay, if we had to go back into the late '80s, early '90s, and you asked me to pick a point guard to have on my team, a lot of people would be hard pressed to not pick Isaiah. If you asked me to pick a two guard to start my team with, you'd be hard pressed to not pick Jordan. Listen, Stop it.
0: If anybody, and before we move on, if anybody did not pick Michael Jordan or Isaiah Thomas to start your team off in that era, you're
1: going you're gonna to lose. You could make the case for Magic. You could make right. the case for Magic. You could make the case for John Stockton, too. Right. But Isaiah Thomas. Well, Isaiah and Magic are kind of a little before Stockton. Slightly uh, before. Slightly. Yeah, slightly, slightly before. So, yeah,
2: especially uh, Magic.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so Magic Magic, and Isaiah, MJ unquestionably at the two. Uh-huh. You're probably picking Bird at the three. And you know what? You could probably get away with saying, yo, give me Isaiah at the one and Magic at the five. Yeah. Yeah. You can get away with that,
0: so, yeah, that. so, um, <laughs> still on that. We're talking about um, something came up on skipping Shannon on disputed. <laughs> uh, shout out to Shannon Sharp, he is the
2: best. I don't know how. Shay, uh, Shay. I
1: love him. I feel like Skip has just gotten yeah. to the point where he just wants to aggravate
2: people now. Yes, yes. Nah, yes. but Shannon Sharp, like, shout out to him
0: for holding it down when Skip basically tried to shit on his uh his football
1: knowledge. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, for real? You-? My boy, my boy who played football, uh came out and straight up said he's like, even if Shannon wasn't in that huddle, anybody in that situation with basic football knowledge knows what play should be called. And if a defensive coordinator isn't calling that play, defensive coordinators are to be fired. For sure. For sure. But um basically,
0: have have you guys played video games from time to time at yeah, some point in time, right? So, and you get to create a player and you'd be like, oh, this is what I want. I want him to be like, him or her to be like this or that and a third. Yeah. So, Dame was asked um, what would be kind of the perfect player. Mm-hmm. Um, Dame said he would take Jordan's athleticism, KD's size and skill, and LeBron's durability. Of course, um, the reigning, defending, undisputed LeBron James hater, Skip Bayless, thinks that this is a shot at LeBron. Peter, how? what do you think?
1: I don't know how. I think it, it actually accentuates one of the greatest things that LeBron James has is his durability. He's what, 35? 30, 35 years old. Probably had one of his best seasons mm-hmm. ever. He still looks at like he's at the top of his game. Body-wise, he has not broken down. He has not really had any major injuries in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has played at a top level of his career since he was 18 years old you could maybe make the case that maybe the first 2 years of his career wasn't really that great so but still 14 years at probably peak level and i don't see it ending right now i don't see now again LeBron did not have to go through the beatdowns of being the only. I mean, he did in Cleveland for a little while, but the beatdowns of being. Well, no, he didn't have to go through the beatdowns of being the only person on his team or the early NBA with the hand checks and all that stuff. But the hand check was actually made
2: defense a little bit easier. They got a first of all in the nineties, the three point line was much closer. Yes, so that's a that's a whole other a whole nother thing. Yes,
1: but his durability is great, and I don't and I don't I don't see anything wrong with what Dame said um unless you just have a bias towards like certain things. But I definitely can get
2: why of all the things LeBron brings to the table, his durability. He's a better athlete than Jordan was to me. Because what LeBron does on defense, Jordan didn't do on defense. Two different players, two different styles of play. Mm-hmm. If I had to build a perfect player, I would have Kobe's killer instinct over Jordan's athleticism. I would have Kobe, Kobe's competitiveness with LeBron's athleticism with Kevin Durant's skill. That's to me, the perfect player mm. because there's a lot more. There's a lot of people who would, who are
1: durable, who played throughout the years didn't make them any good. And I think, and yeah. I think you can change things around. Like you can, you can take, you know, say they said Kevin Durant's size and skill. Cause I get it. Kevin Durant's seven feet tall and he plays, he ball like a guard. Yeah, true. But you, but you could say the same thing about about Magic, right? You could say this you take Magic size and skill. Magic was damn near seven feet tall and could ball like a guard, and play off and play four out of the five positions of, or all five positions on the court. KD could probably do the same thing, right? And I, and I think it really goes to who you grew up with, who you idolized, who you liked, and there was there's a level of respect to certain players in the league. Um, and I think it's tough because I think you could create any concoction of players. And, make the and put them play. together yeah. and make the
2: perfect. But it, I, I, like you said, I don't think it was a dig at LeBron. Though. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It was kind of still paying homage to LeBron in a way. You know, somebody who's played in the league for a damn near twenty years. Yeah, right. where he's going into what, his 18th season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So
0: Tay, you gave your. Um, you don't think it's a shot, but and you did say
2: um, Kobe's competitiveness. Yeah, Kobe had an Mm -hmm. eye on him Mm -hmm. that he had a killer instinct on him that no one else had, Mm -hmm. you know, rest in peace. You knew that once that mentality that Kobe had, it was like no excuses. This is this, this is that, that, that level of competitiveness and athleticism. That's like that Tom Brady level. That's Mm -hmm. like that. You know, I've never, I'd never seen that in any player before Kobe, not even in Jordan. Mm-hmm. jordan was a lot more petty than kobe i feel as yeah. a player i feel like <laughs> like kobe just he did it for the love of the game and just mm-hmm. the love of winning and wanting to be the best at all times jordan was just like nah you know this is my lead
1: yeah i think i think the last dance kind of to me kind of a little bit cheapened jordan's killer instinct for me because it came to me as oh you needed to you needed to find reasons to motivate you to me kobe showed up every single game and listen yes to i i was not the biggest fan of Kobe. I was a fan of Kobe Bryant as a player. I did not like the. I did not like some of the things they did. I didn't like the that. He was, you know, the hero ball guy for a long time until much later on when he decided to be, you know, be a little bit more given a facilitating player. And I, I've always just hated one-on-one iso ball. Just really have always hated that. Um, growing up watching Jordan do it. Cause that's kind of what Jordan did as well. But when you're growing up watching it, it's kind of like, Oh my God, this guy's Superman. Right. Um, and then as you get older, it changes. Um, but I think Tay is 100% right that there's a difference in Kobe showed up every day, just wanting to be the best player on the court. Regardless, Jordan needed to find a reason to motivate himself to be the best player. Because I think here's the problem. Jordan, in my opinion, felt he was, and skill wise, you can make the argument that he was or he wasn't. Felt that he was already heads and tails above everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah. So he needed to find something to bring him down to earth in order to motivate him. Or else Jordan would have been one of those lazy great players.
2: Yeah, and I could have seen that anyway. Because even like from the last dance documentary, well, you know, Nick Anderson it was like, <laughs> oh, there's not like 23. And then he had to go and show them. That's the pettiness. That, as a, a fellow Aquarian, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> Cause one thing about me, if I'm if I'm beefing with you, I'm beefing with you forever. Right. But <laughs> until yeah, it's that serious. And Breaking news! Over. Don't
1: let Tay beef with you.
2: It's it's because so many things like go like I don't give it. I don't care about. but right. When I do care about something, it has. To, I have to care about it to the last possible right. moment. You know. So that's the only way I can kind of see the Jordan mentality because I myself. <laughs> Have a lot of those qualities, but
0: that's funny.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> we... <laughs> and I thought I thought you us, know? As... <laughs> you know, you know, and I thought us as Aries, Aries were bad. Aries no, no. no,
2: because Aquarius, like, we're so everyone look, looks at us like the humanitarian side. Like, we're we're down. We want to protest. We want to riot. We're smart as hell. We're we're aloof. But when we hone in and hate something, you
1: hate, 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 we hate, 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 hate it, hate, it hate.
2: with everything. Like, when I work out every day, I'm remembering... What makes me push is remembering the people I hate. <laughs> I mean,
1: running, like... And you took that personal. The only way to get through... <laughs> I
2: took that personal. The only way to get through
1: cardio.
2: I took that personal. So, next time I see
1: you, I gotta show a, you... That is one of the greatest memes. Bi- right. That I have biceps. That you know? right. that, meme and that, <laughs> that meme and the meme where he's looking at the iPad what and with happened? Gary Payton. It's like... Yo, there's so much... Yo, <laughs> what,
0: one of the days, I'm going to figure out how to do it. We have to have a watch along on certain parts of the last Because that was so, some of these parts were so funny. It's just like, yo, really, bro? Like, they have a video on YouTube talking about every time Jordan took something the personal. It's <laughs> like, bro. <"Bruh,
2: laughs> he made a career. You made a career. Out about, of being bro, yeah, about a petty. Saying. Bro, the, the sky is blue. I took that part. dead right? Let me tell you something. That's how I got into entertainment. Because I was in a meeting uh-huh. with someone and they they were starting an entertainment business. And they tried to look at me like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So I'm like, huh. Okay. <laughs> Ten years later, I'm still here. Right. Still here. But then I, they were like, oh, well, you don't know anything about this. It's not your, your, your business. I'm like, oh, is it? Woo. So, yeah. So I get the Jordan mentality. Don't get me wrong. I just hate
1: that everyone's like he's just the best thing since Jesus. And here's the thing: I think this is what this is why there's such a disparity between Jordan the player and Jordan the owner. Because there's not so many things as an owner that can make him feel the same way that he felt. There's no as a, a player. There's there's nothing that exactly. he can latch on to. He can't go out there and be like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sign everybody, cause you can't. You got a cap. You got limits. Can't do it. Right. You know, and, and you don't feel personally. See, Aquarians,
2: we don't like to be restrained. Okay, right. so I see why it didn't work for him.
0: I get you, I cause
1: get I, if, if 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 trust me when I say this, if the NBA, if the NBA salary system and things like that were anything like baseball, oh my god. Jordan would have everybody on his team and just sitting back like, oh, you everybody. thought you thought you was Jordan will pull a um a DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Jordan be like on the eleventh hour. Oh, you thought you was gonna sign this guy. Oh. You thought you was gonna sign this guy? Contract. That's it. I'll give you whatever you want. Leah Jets for everybody.
0: So that's crazy. So I'm
1: gonna read some stats out to you guys, all right?
0: Seventeen seasons in the WNBA.
1: Man, the, man, the man is stealing my, my minute from the last show. 17
0: seasons in the NBA.
1: Mm-hmm. I know where this is going. Four
0: WNBA championships. Mm-hmm. Four NBA championships. Mm.
1: Um. The second person made more money in just their playoff bonuses than that person made in salary for their whole season.
0: Basically. Yeah. 2020 salary, $215,000 mm-hmm. in 2020 salary. Thirty-seven
1: point four million.
0: Uh huh. As you just stated, the bonus for winning the WNBA Finals eleven thousand three hundred fifty-six. Bonus for winning the NBA Finals thirty-seven, three hundred seventy thousand dollars. Um, um I, I brought this to the table last week. You did bring this to yeah. the table, and and it's definitely a topic. Yeah. Um, we spoke about this. We touched on this prior episodes. We spoke about this on another podcast. Why is it such a disconnect when it comes to paying these WNBA players and the viewership of the WNBA in general? Tay, what is your
2: thoughts on this? I thought we were going to start with Peter because he brought us to the table last week. but <laughs> No, I started with Peter last time. That's why I said I was... Okay, no problem. So <laughs> I feel like it's a couple of things, right? Uh-huh. I agree with Sue Bird saying that um, social justice or injustice has a piece to do with why people are not as interested in the WNBA as much as the NBA. Mm -hmm. People, when, when a lot of men or a lot of people, when they want to watch women in sports, they want to see them as a little more timid, a little more sexy, a little more you know, attractive, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then when you see the WNBA players, they're almost as tall as the men, you know, they're they're black, they're gay, you know, so men like to tune out to that. And the thing is, at some point or another, most boys growing up either wanted to play basketball, wanted to play football, wanted Mm -hmm. to play a sport. Mm -hmm. For women, it's like a niche thing for us. There's only a handful of us that I knew. I was one of my only friends that I knew that played sports as a woman. And I feel like it comes with the, uh, it's a huge disparity because the product is just as good. If not better, these women play their hearts out, but I feel like it is marketing. I feel like they haven't been able to kind of tie the entire league off of one or two superstars Mm -hmm. because you can't really call them a superstar. If you refuse to pay them more than what a lot of the women in the, in, in the WNBA get paid less than me a year. But I feel like it's it's a reflection of the dispa- the gender wage disparities, sponsorships, wow. corporate dollars that may come in. You know, it's been hard to attract big name sponsors to kind of come in and, and give those million dollar, 15-20 million dollar endorsements. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Um yeah. I think a lot of it is is what Tate is what Tay said, I mean, there, there's not as much the television contracts are big are a big reason. Right, the, te- the amount of television money that the NBA gets, which then gets funneled into player contracts and things like that, yeah. are is completely uh, disparate in the NBA and the WNBA. Um, I 100% agree with Tay that when it comes to think about what there, I'm not going to say that women don't watch basketball, but I think if you look at the the, the numbers, the statistics for the NBA fans, you're going to find a lot of men. Right. You're going to find a lot of men and men say, oh, women playing basketball. You, you would think they want to see it. But I think there are a lot of men that still have that very masculine attitude of it's just like, if I'm going to see women playing sports, I want to see women playing sports and it'd be sexy.
2: Like right? the soccer.
1: Right. right. The soccer or even or even, um, you know, I, I know men who on the low will watch women's volleyball. Why? Because they're wearing the short shorts and they got this and they got that and all that other stuff, right? Um, even look at who men who do follow the WNBA, who they follow, right? Right now, one of the one of the uh, most talked about and followed women in WNBA is Tia Cooper. And everybody's oh, my gosh, she's so fun. She this, she that, she wife, yeah, what, da, right? A funny story because I, when, I, when I was talking about this, at the bringing it to the table, I looked this up. Elena Deladon. When she came into the WNBA, people were like, "Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous, she's great, she's this, she's that." When Elena Deladon publicly stated that she was gay, mm-hmm. people stopped talking about Linda. That's true, mm-hmm. right? And I think there is—I think there are men who want to watch the WNBA, but I think there is—and and Sue Bird kind of talked about this. You know, she she mentioned this in a statement. I think there is an issue with men looking at the sport and saying well, these women are not in their minds attainable to me because they are gay women. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that there are not straight women in the WNBA because there are, right? right. But I think a lot of men look at the WNBA and I think there is a sense of kind of a little of anti-LGBT mindset there where it's just like, I'm not going to watch it because it's not women. It's gay women, right? And then 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 they put that on everybody. Oh, all the women WNBA get. No, they're not, right, first of all. Right. But I think that's a major problem. And these women don't have to be sexy. They don't have to be attractive to you. They don't have to be any of that. Mm-hmm. They are great basketball players. They play the sport at a very high level. I've always said, I'd love to see some exhibition contests where they mix up some of the WNBA and NBA guys That'll be great. And, and really just let them play. Right. Funny thing is a lot of women players in college and in the WNBA practice against their male counterparts practice with their male counterparts there are women in college basketball who practice with the men on the college basketball teams in order to get better because some of the men may be bigger some of the men may be stronger in certain areas so they challenge themselves to go up against these to go up against these these male players. I know a lot of WNBA players who work out with and practice with NBA players who go to NBA facilities and practice with them, you know? And I always find it funny because I was actually watching uh, a clip of somebody in the WNBA, and they were asking them, like, what their favorite uh, post move was. And they showed a clip of them playing in the post against men. And the funny thing was, even the men in the gym that they were practicing against, every single time they made a move or they got past a player, normal protocol when you're playing basketball, everyone's like, "Oh, like it's a big deal that they can do that, right?" Like, you know, it, it's these women are great athletes, and we just need to respect them as great athletes. We need to pay them as great athletes. Now, I will say this, not because it's not possible. The WNBA does play on ten foot rims, just like the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not all of the women in the WNBA have the athletic ability to dunk on a 10-foot rim, but many of them can dunk. Mm-hmm. I know there's been some pushback from the WNBA players to do this because they, it's the idea of the equality thing, right? Oh, if they play on a 10-foot rim, we want to play on a 10-foot Listen, we know you can play on a 10-foot rim. But one of the ways you could add a little of excitement, w, the NBA did this when they kind of opened the idea of dunking in three-point shots, right? Add a little excitement. Add if women if the women were Duncan on a regular. I guarantee you more people. But you be see, the it. kids
2: this generation don't care about Duncan like we used to care about Duncan in the nineties. Now these kids care about who can shoot from the half court. We
1: didn't yeah. care well, about. No, well, that. not in the NBA, but I think in the WNBA. Not
2: even. You know,
1: all of a sudden Duncan if, had their time. But if, but if you are a young girl <laughs> and all of a sudden you seeing, you seeing a guard. Or forward and WNBA pull up on a poster dunk, and you got. And that's the thing. I think that's another thing. Think about how the the NBA rose in popularity, in, the, in especially in the United States, you had all the posters and all the dunks and all the players, right? And 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 I think that needs to be uh, something that WNBA needs to look into. How can they raise their popularity unilaterally? And think about like how can we get people to want put put the eyes on the product, maybe even sponsors. All of a sudden, the game becomes more exciting, mm-hmm. right? More fans start coming to the game. Sponsors are going to come to the table because ticket sales will be it. Yeah, but it was doing well in the beginning when they
2: had a lot of tie to the NBA. Yes. You get what I'm saying? When you looked at Lisa Leslie and you looked at Kobe Bryant and yeah. Shaq, when you looked at um, Cheryl Swoops and looked at Hakeem Olajuwon in the Houston Rockets yeah. at the time, it, it felt more connected. But the NBA never and promoted it as hard as it did the NBA product. I can disagree with you
0: on that on that um because during that time you it was saw crazy nothing but WNBA commercials during one once they started to kind of back away when they see that the they w- couldn't
2: stand on their own right they,
0: they they couldn't stand on their own so then now big brother the past 2 years or so have been kind of just pushing the WNBA like hey we have another product. We have another set of athletes that you guys should take a look at. And then also, it
2: comes on during the the, the summertime. Right. Where sports are kind of at a hiatus for the most part. Oh, they going
1: really is baseball, yeah. Yeah, and
2: yeah. the thing is, it's not even – the baseball season kind of suffers during that time because those are just like regular exhibition games. It's not like the – it's regular season games. It's not like the playoffs. You get what I'm saying? So during the summer, you, you're not really sitting at home watching sports like that. Right. Besides WWE.
1: Mm -hmm. I will say this about the WNBA. Um, Yeah. Um, The one thing that I think the WNBA in the position that it's in does afford them, or at least their women are are more apt to do, and Tay brought this up is movements in social justice. We've only recently seen some of the NBA players kind of come out, and I think because there's a lot of money tied to those contracts, a lot of political correctness tied to those teams and franchises and contracts, a lot of NBA players up until the last maybe couple of years were really silent on a lot of things and didn't really do a lot of activism, but the women in the WNBA, they're just like, yo, to us, this is just a regular job. You're not paying, I'm not paid at the level of an NBA player and I'm not going to be muzzled by my contract. And, and I'm going to use my platform to push what I need to push out there. Mm-hmm. And we saw this in WNBA. WNBA was at the forefront a lot this year of the protests. Yeah. Uh, doing what I mean. they did. Actually, I, I think it was the Atlanta Dream, mm-hmm. right? Their owner.
0: We had we had the story on the show. Yeah.
1: And, and you would have never seen – the only time you've seen an NBA team do that was with the Donald Sterling thing. And that's because it went above and beyond what oh, needed to yeah. happen, yeah. right? But if that if, if what happened in Atlanta – the Atlanta dream had happened to an NBA team. You would have seen like the upper executives dealing with that. And the other players like, "Yo, they my they my thing. You know, I'm just here to do this and do this. I'm just here this. to dribble. I, yeah.
0: Right. And I, right. And I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think the WNBA should continue to be applauded for fighting social justice. And they're doing it in front of everybody. And people who are just not watching. Right. So, um, from the WNBA, um, cause we have about five, six minutes left. The NFL real quick. Um, the Miami Dolphins, right? Yes. Uh, and we, we we definitely real quick on this. They will be starting um, to a – by Loa. Yes. Um, this <laughs> week, instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has the be- the seventh best QBR this year. In the last two games, he won uh, by a combined um, total of 67 to 17. This does come as a t- surprise. Um, as I mentioned, but we kind of knew it was gonna come yeah. into it because yeah. the team is 500. Now I can understand if Miami was like like six and one, and then they'd be like, "We're switching." But the team is 500. Uh, you could possibly make it playoffs. You possibly can't. Let's see what the young guy has. Um, he's fully healed. So, um, real quick, Pete, what do you think about this? And uh, what do you think is what do you think the final record will
1: be for Miami with this? Um, Tua was the future, we knew that coming in. I was surprised mm-hmm. by the fact that they 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 benched Fitzpatrick. Um, I heard somebody on the radio earlier today saying was, this was what they call a positive benching, and again, we're used to like these benches happening before a bye week and stuff like that. But I also wouldn't be throwing too, uh into the game that he's going – He's going. his first game is going to be against the Rams and that front seven of Aaron Donald and them boys. Like, that's not – that's not the first game you want to throw that boy into, especially having come off an injury history. Here's, here's what I want to say about Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is a, is a well-traveled veteran. We've seen him on so many teams. This year, he threw over 300 yards twice. Um – Three of his five games, he had uh, at least two touchdowns. He really only had two bad games. The game against Seattle, where he threw for 315 yards, but no touchdowns and two interceptions. And a game against New England, early the first game of the season, where he had no touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, but then he threw for 328 against Buffalo, right. and two touchdowns, 160, and two touchdowns against Jacksonville. And then he threw three touchdowns. Uh, thank, unfortunately, he also had two interceptions, but three touchdowns against the Jets uh, in their last game. Um I know Fitzpatrick's going through it. Two is the future, but there's not really much on to, uh, to go on. Mm-hmm. I hope he does well. Miami has a chance to win this division right now. Mm-hmm. They really do. Buffalo's been sliding. Right yeah, now, it's, between, been it's, it's between Buffalo and Miami. Yeah. And if this goes wrong, mm-hmm. and Fitzpatrick, listen, if this was bad Fitzpatrick that you were replacing, I'd have been 100% for it. I understand it. But he hasn't been bad.
2: Past, past couple seasons. past couple
0: yeah. seasons, he's been real. Legit,
1: right. So I feel
2: like they should not have benched him mm-hmm. at this point. I think you make the case for letting. <sighs> I would have rolled with Fitz, Fitzpatrick until we found out we weren't making the playoffs,
1: until the wheels started to fall off on him, as they sometimes right, do.
2: Right. So because they, he had this um kind of Fitz magic a couple <laughs> of seasons ago too, and. Yeah. And I feel like once you have that momentum, you ride the momentum until the momentum stops. And I think that it was kind of abrupt. Yeah, I mean, I knew that the future was coming. Like it, it felt as poorly planned as when they tried to do the Daniel Jones Eli Manning transition, um, which is a lot more disrespectful. But um, and shout outs to Eli because boo, it, this none of this was your fault, by the way. Okay, thank know. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I don't think it was two a time yet. I think that they could have rolled with Fitzpatrick at least a couple more weeks, throwing him into the Rams. Then you know uh, he, this this kid's gonna get smashed. Welcome to the NFL. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> like Mufasa, and this kid this kid's coming off a hip injury. Yeah, kid's coming off a hip injury, and you got him going typical up against Dolphins. Though coming out at the Rams front seven, like typical Dolphins. Though. I'm not surprised. Like how? Like that's not fair, but.
2: You should have started him last week against the Jets. That would have been an easier temperature check. You should have just kept him in the game for the rest of the time. That would have been <laughs> an easier
1: temperature check. Right. Like, if yeah. you're going to do it, if you're going to bench him and get the blowback for it, start him against the Jets. At least you know the Jets have been a terrible team. You can get something out of two. And if he has a bad game, it's his first game. If he has a good game, you can run the whole thing. Well, all right, let's keep running with him. I also exactly.
0: think nobody wants to lose to the Jets. So they got Ryan Fitzpatrick in. But... Speaking uh, about losing, did,
1: did, 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 uh, what is, what is our record? No, but about? speaking about losing, did, did we talk about the the the, the yards that Jan, Daniel Jones lost on that trip? We will not. We will talk about which that trip was better, him or Titus O'Neil? Titus, Titus. <laughs> <laughs> Titus, for sure.
2: But quarterbacks
0: are not used to running like that, right? And and Pat Mahomes said that. Who? What quarterback? Not even Michael Vick is running eighty yards. Nobody. But, but you know
1: what you're going to say? When you got maybe, the play in front of you, you got to make the play.
2: Maybe you got to make that maybe. play. Maybe. Lamar, maybe. You know, he,
1: they actually tracked his speed. His speed on that run was faster than any rush Lamar Jackson top speed ever. Huh.
2: Daniel Jones? Yeah. But then his hands are like damn margarine. Right. Like... <laughs>
1: Come on, man! Like <laughs> he was clocked as being faster on that rush than Lamar Jackson has been on Looking any like rush. like he needs
2: to be in the episode of Glee somewhere. Right. Like, come on, bro! Get it. Together. So I don't have
1: our records on us. Uh, I'm winning all... though. Yeah, she is. Uh, Tay, oh, is oh, uh, Tay is in the lead. Tay is in the lead. That that Broncos Patriots game did none of us favors. Nobody. Yeah, favors. it did. Bro. Nobody favors. Nobody. I think I I only lost one game last week. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, it's Tay, and then me and Matt are tied, and then Dre, you're bringing up the rear.
2: So I propose that when I win that I'm going to moderate an episode of the Your Sports Show and we get to talk about whatever I want to talk about that day. That's fine. It's yeah. going to be fine. It's going to be fun.
0: <laughs> oh, <man>. Oh hell. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Can't wait.
1: Vegas, we
2: need to help. <laughs>
1: <laughs> somebody call somebody call Paulie the bookie. We need some fun. help. It's
2: gonna be fun.
1: We need some we help. Let me find out. <laughs> somebody call the dude who did the. And Tanya. we're gonna do it in the studio. Somebody call oh, the dude okay. who did the Tanya Harding thing, please. I'm with a crown,
2: <laughs> everything. It's gonna be Tavius Tea Time.
1: Oh, oh. Tavious Tea. You know as what? long
0: as I don't that have to be, wear one of them Southern Church the hats, name, that would be the name of the episode. Oh, the no.
1: As time. long as I don't have to wear a Southern Church hat, of course not. No, no, you're adding too much stuff to it. No, <laughs> no.
2: It should be on stream so I can mute you when I feel like it. Like, oh, my God, I can't
1: wait. You mean like they muted people at the debate? <laughs> they didn't mute. Seriously. Get out of here. But, but, but. We, we have a mute button. Did you? Are you going to use it? No. <laughs>
2: but, um, but I have to answer that.
1: Right.
0: So, so like, no, real, real quick, here's the five games <laughs> of the week. Um, The top five. Um, You, you ready to get these now? Yeah,
1: let's go. All right. Chiefs,
2: Broncos. Chiefs. By a narrow
1: margin. Um Chiefs. Yeah, it was gonna be t- I believe it's supposed to snow in Denver.
2: Yeah. Chiefs. For
1: me too. Niners Pats. <sighs> nah,
2: Pats. It's if the game actually happened. <sighs> Pats. I'm going with Pat's. Yeah. Is Gar- is Garoppolo back? He, he
1: didn't have a great game last yeah, week. Yeah, Garoppolo he played trash last yeah, week. Yeah, he had really trash. Um, game. I
2: want to go with the Patriots. New England and,
1: and Cam played trash last week hey, as well. I was last week you? back from COVID. He played trash, but he got me some points. Yeah, I'm but. gonna take. I'm gonna take New England just because my faith in Jimmy Garoppolo is very quickly eroding. Cool. Oh man. Um, real
0: quick with these, uh, Packers. Texans. Are you taking
1: New England as well? Yes.
0: Anytime New England plays, I have to take them because he can. <laughs> Packers terrible. Texans. Ooh.
1: Packers. I'm taking the Packers to bounce back from last what week. Is I'm the taking the Texans Packers rec- as well. Yeah. What's T- the Texans? T- Texans are ass. No, te- <laughs> I'm gonna take the pack. Yeah. Uh, let me let me see here.
0: Yeah, the Texans are out. Uh, te- Se- yeah, yeah um, Seattle and the Cardinals. Seattle. Seattle.
1: Yeah. See, I take Seattle as well. By the way, who cool. they were in the running to possibly San Antonio, bro? Yeah. Bears. Rams.
2: Bears. Ooh, that's a tough one for me. Um. Damn, that's a hard one. Uh, uh, bears. Maybe. Um, I
1: hate you, Nick Foles. I hate you, Nick Foles. Quickly, I hate you, quickly, Nick Foles. Quickly. I hate the Bears.
0: He's shooting the Bears. No. He's shooting the Bears. No.
1: You see
2: how y'all biting off of me now? Cause y'all know that y'all I'm the winning person. So y'all we gonna pick all the same people all the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, That's I'm, a wrap. Take... I'm following.
0: I'm following now. I'm following. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm, following. I'm gonna
0: um. He, he can take the bears. I don't want to take the bears, but you have but to. But you have to, and we we're on a real time crunch. Well. Oh hell yeah
2: yeah on a time yeah.
1: All right all right all right all right all right. Give it. Die bears,
2: die cool. bears, da bears. There, there will be no
0: bringing to the table this week because uh, of lack of time. But shouts. We to will get mind. Matt's picks remotely yes, and add them to this week's challenge. We, uh, we definitely will. Shouts to Matt. He's on load management this week. He'll be back next week. Um, shout out to you guys. Surprised by the ever. way,
1: that you completely forgot, it. did not mention the the Tampa Bay Raiders game because happening this week,
0: no, or the because or, we have lack of time, or so. the
1: Jacksonville and Chargers game. Yeah, relax. I don't care about the Jacksonville and the Chargers, and I but I do Ra- care about and Carolina, uh, New Orleans
0: as well. I don't care about the Raiders game because because half the offensive line is depleted. So,
2: so <laughs> all right, um,
0: great episode, guys. Thank you. Shout outs to the Tis Network. Um, they're having a viewing party tomorrow. Um, tune in. Uh, me and Matt will be on a special episode of After the Year with a special guest. When is Tomorrow yeah don't worry about it we got this okay. I got you. Oh, that one yes so oh, boy. um again shouts to you guys of course shouts to Matt uh make sure you RSVP to go to the job uh um, I think this episode went party. so smoothly
2: because me and Matt didn't argue
0: Yeah, thing, so. Matt is in hey spirit. Matt
2: Kyrie's still a bum <laughs> Matt is in
0: spirit punching the air but um <laughs> for, for the professor the voice of a generation Pete Rosado for the queen Queen Tay, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.